Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Stick to Sports. This is the one dozenth episode. Uh, and this week I feel like we're... There's really not a ton of sports to talk about. Um, you know, Good. Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't care. Um, but like the two big stories, I guess, would be Serena Williams and Tim Duncan. Uh, wow, you're just going right into it, man. Yeah, Don't I don't. Eh, what's you know what's there to talk? Okay, fine. I went to a, I went to a a beach slang show last night. It was done by ten o'clock, and it was the greatest show I have ever attended in my life. Because I got out of there at ten, and also the show was good. But there's there's not really a lot to talk about, I guess, other than that. For me, anyhow. This is Sean Gentilly from Sporting News. Oh my god, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot, like, when you said intro, you mean, like, introducing ourselves. Yeah, just doing something in a semi-professional fashion. Mm, yes, mm. well, I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. And I, uh, I've already ruined this episode. You can just delete this from your iTunes right now. It's going to be a rough one, honestly. Well, it's like I, ni- it's like 95 degrees in my bedroom right now, which is where mm, I prefer to record. Yes. Uh, a cool I've 89 all- here, temperate. I've, I've spent all day buying shit on Amazon that I don't need because <laughs> of Prime Day. And uh, I'm ready to talk about some stuff. Well, the, the other thing is this. I have on the little post-it note where I write down things throughout the week that I get for like ideas for the show. I have 11 things written down, so I have, like, a lot of anxiety about getting to even half of them. We're going to get to however many put us at 59 minutes and 59 seconds, because I refuse to abide by another hour-plus-long episode. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's up to you, because we have a ton of shit to get to. Uh, I'll, I'll hang up. I really don't care. Okay, well, that's fine, then. Um, Tim Duncan and Serena Williams, your thoughts? I'm going to miss Tim Duncan a great deal. I think I, yeah. uh, he's one of he's one of those guys there's always there's always a few in every sport it seems like. It's because we're of the age now too where where guys there's it's kind of that last wave of guys who were playing professionally when we were kids that are that are sort of uh, falling by the wayside. So yeah, man, I'm going to miss Duncan. He was he was uh, Beyond his game, he was just sort of. It was nice to have him around. It, w- it was nice to know that he was still playing. It's a similar, similar sort of feeling with a guy like Yager, honestly, where yeah. you're just like, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's, I'm, I'm glad he's there. And now he's not anymore, and it's crazy. Tim, Tim Duncan has been in the NBA since I was ten. Right. Yeah. Just, he's and he's gone now. It, it, it is definitely him and Yager. I think are the last. Two, I guess maybe Bartolo Colon are the only real athletes who are still going from when I was, like, an actual child. Um, (laughs) But I think the thing that I'll miss the most about Tim Duncan is, like, the idea of Tim Duncan and not necessarily, like, him as a player getting, you know, 25 minutes off the bench. Mm -hmm. Like, you wrote about it earlier this week, but, like, the idea of the onion Tim Duncan is what I will... Like, the idea that Tim Duncan announced his retirement and celebrated with, like, a room-temperature glass of tap water is... That's the Tim Duncan I'm going to miss. The I'm most just glad. I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be free on Election Day to pick up his teammates, his ex-teammates, and, and drive them to their polling places. Because voting is a civic responsibility, and Tim Duncan just wants to make sure that those guys are 
taking care of business and doing what they have to do. Yeah, and, you know, really, I feel like the San Antonio sensible sweater market is going to really... <laughs> Gonna really go through some boom times now that he, you know, he can just shop. All yeah, he he's wants. just gonna spend all his time at Kohl's buying, you know, Columbia button downs and <laughs> <laughs> and and chinos. Oh boy, yeah. I, I, there's I, not I, there's not a lot of professional athletes that that dress like uh, that dress like the the, my the stereotypical dad, like my white, dad? white father. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss that if nothing else. Do you think Tim Duncan owns any um, T-shirts that have like software projects from 1992 printed on them? Because that's mainly what my dad wears at this point. It's possible. I, I wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, like definitely 80 percent of his wardrobe is stuff that he's found or or just you know hasn't thrown away yet because it doesn't quite have holes in it. <laughs> I'm gonna say this: a lot of his wardrobe has been given to him. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He got it as part of a as part of a swag bag from Planet Hollywood in 1998. Uh, see, that's the Tim Duncan I'm going to miss. Like, greatest power forward of all time. I don't care about that so much. Like, he yeah. hasn't been that for so long that, like, it's, it's tough to really be like, ah, we're really losing something with that. But, like, the Tim Duncan who is the butt of jokes about how what a lame-o he is, that's... <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, bummer. it's, you know, like I said, it's from, especially the last two years, you know, as he's declined in, in effect, and it really, really not until last year, he was very, he was a very effective player until pretty much the second half of this past season. Yeah. But I really did figure that we'd get a couple more years from just hanging out on the bench and, you know, speaking softly to Kawhi Leonard and, and, uh, and helping LaMarcus Aldridge with his taxes and stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> if he whatever. doesn't immediately go into coaching, I hope he's on like you know the TNT halftime show, just dressed like Danny Duverstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. You know, I, everyone always says about Duncan, you know, guys that he's played with. They always talk about how funny he is and how cutting he can be. You know, when he's not necessarily uh, in a public forum, and I, I believe that too. Yeah, so. for sure. He's not quite as boring as he lets on, but it's 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 so it's so funny to joke about Tim Duncan being like, you know, your brother-in-law or or, or something like just some 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 dude who, who lives a couple a couple doors down. Yeah. Even and, even if it's even if it's not one hundred percent based in reality and only ninety five percent. And I think like you can get away with saying that kind of stuff about like hockey players because hockey players are boring by trade, whereas right. like the NBA. These people are literally like all six foot eight, and right, you know, wear wear a, like PK Subban suits in the course of their daily lives and all that kind of thing. It's just not, it, it, and, and even and, so, for Tim Duncan, like Tim Duncan is the NBA's answer to PK Subban, where it's like this is a sport of outsized personalities, yeah. and here's one guy who's like reading Tom Clancy novels on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the total like mirror image of, of of the Subban situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's Earth Two PK Subban. I mean, it's 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 um, it's just funny because, and I think what it boils down to, and why why it's so funny to talk about Duncan and joke about him is that, especially in basketball, like you kind of said, it's it's not just regular guys. I mean, this is literally one of the ten or fifteen best basketball players ever in history. Yeah. And he is, and he 
you know, is the most mild mannered dude possible. So it's it, it is it's it's funny it's it's funny to have that juxtaposition between just all world all time ability and then you know Telling looking like to have a coaster under their drink. <laughs> You're right, yeah, and, and very sternly sternly, but but uh, but but also also you know with with tact and, and, and gently you know bossing people around. Yes, yeah. Um, and then also speaking of all time great athletes, where do you think Serena Williams ranks among like? Not like obviously, I, I'm gonna say greatest female athlete of all time. I don't know who else would even be particularly. Close. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close at this point. Like we had, they're doing renovations on the on the building, the the main sporting news building in Charlotte, and they're trying to figure out who to. They're they're trying to pick three or four people to uh to like to not posters, but get like very large Giant, mural. Yeah. Yeah, like murals on on the on the walls, and obviously they want to be inclusive and want one of them, to, at least one of the three, to to be a woman. And my vote, like it, it's obviously Serena, but at this point, it's tough to think of, it's tough to think of of who would be the runner up for that for for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, like there have been obviously some like transcendent WNBA players. Um, maybe maybe you say like a Mia Hamm or. Abby yeah. Wambach. Yeah, it would, that it would kind be, of thing. I feel like but it would like, be a soccer player. But no, nobody else is even close. Like, she is horrifyingly good to be doing what she does at this age. Like, I don't know if you watched the, the final, um, but I, I can't remember who she was playing, but the it was a German woman, and the German woman she was playing was, like, holding her own, and then mm-hmm. she kind of caught Serena with, like, a bad point like Serena misplayed something and she was just immediately like we're done here like this is over and won seven straight points and finished the match like that was it yeah I by by every measure you know you you could judge someone I mean she's whether it's long, whether it's you know longevity or the peak of of their abilities or you know the social impact that she's also had I mean it's it's uh it's it's really really impressive and it's and god it's just so crazy that that she's still this good i mean it's it's been i we sit here and talk about you know i sit here and say that tim duncan has been you know part of the nba since i was 10 but like we're not that far off talking about serena williams in terms of just all world longevity and, and and being the absolute very best for a crazy long amount of time. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 been it's nuts. Like nobody else real. I mean, like, you know, obviously she hasn't been number one for like 15 years straight or anything like that, but she's probably been in the top three pretty much that entire time. Yeah. And, and, and just think of the different generations of, 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 uh, other rivals or other great players that she's, that she's dealt with. Like this isn't, this isn't like the NBA where, where, you know, you can have a great career and be like a kind of an, an elite player for, for for twelve years. I mean, the the shelf life of elite women's tennis players and, and elite tennis players in general four is four or five years. So much smaller. Yeah. So for like elite so, players, yeah, yeah, right. So like, what it starts with like Martina Hingis or whatever, and and it's stretched on you know more than fifteen years later. It's yeah. nuts. It's, I mean. And that was the thing where she was getting a lot of attention at Wimbledon for like, you know, someone said, do you think you're one of the greatest female athletes ever? And she's like, just one of the best ever. Like, I don't, I don't think we need to go on like the sex line anymore. Like, I'm just one of the best ever. Thank you. 
And it's like, yep, there's no arguing that anymore. Like, she's just the best female athlete ever. And it's you'd be hard-pressed to come up with more dominant um, male athletes as well. Oh yeah, given given the, the the field of competition, I mean, it's tough to it's tough. There's not many that are readily available, like I said, that have been this good for this long. Yeah, and and, and dominated pretty much everybody for. It's gonna end up being two decades, but, but before we blink, it's it's really it's yeah, really crazy. I think I think it's she needs four more majors to tie the all time record for major wins, and she already tied the all time record for major wins in the Open era. And it's like, yeah. yeah, and she probably has like another two or three years, just given her fitness level and all that kind of stuff. So that's yeah, scary she's, for tennis. She's in that. She's in that. She, you have to put her in that Yager class right now, where nothing that she's gonna do is should surprise anybody. Like, no. like, like Yager. Yager could play five more years, and 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 it and nobody should be shocked by it. And it's the same way with her. You know, she she could win. She could win. A half dozen more majors, and right. a half dozen, a half dozen more slams, like over the next, over the next few years, and and it shouldn't surprise anybody because she's a freak of nature and 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 better than everybody by a significant margin. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's, it's so great to see her win because you like there's a lot of elite athletes where you know obviously like LeBron was super pumped to win, right? But or Sidney Crosby or whoever. But she she won at Wimbledon, and she was just kind of like, yes, I'm very happy to have won, um, and now I'm going to go win doubles with my sister in, like, two more hours, so I get shit to do, see yeah. you later. And it's like, uh, the business-like attitude with which she does all this stuff, and she's just like, yeah, no, I, I won again, of course I did. That's definitely, that's that's one of the cooler things about her, too, is that she has so many other interests and has done so much other stuff, and really always, you know somehow managed to tread the line between being completely devoted to the sport because you can't be, you, you can't, can't not, be, right. you can't not be and and pull off what she's pulled off, but also sort of uh, doing stuff outside tennis and kind of acknowledging that there's a world beyond that. I mean, it's, it's, she's a, she's an impressive person and, and uh, we should, we're very lucky to be able to watch her now and probably for a few more years. Yeah. Unless she just decides that she doesn't want to do it. Right, which I mean, who would blame her? Really, nobody. No, I mean, yeah, she's been she's been so good for so long. Like, what else does she have to do in the sport? Nothing. Mm-hmm. But I think I think she probably, you know, not not really knowing a ton about the tennis world. I think she probably goes for the twenty two majors, tries to break it, and then she's like, okay, that's it, I'm done. I, that would that would seem like a pretty appropriate endpoint for her, yeah. but you know. Like I said, shatter when, the open record. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in that she's in that in that class of athletes where you just can't put anything past them. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention real quick about uh, about why there's not a ton to talk about in sports these days is it's currently the Major League Baseball All Star break, which is like the the absolute dead zone of sports activity in the world. Um. Yeah. Every year, and, and there's in like in in Euros over and yep. and all the Gold Cups over. Like he, you'd think they could just like extend one of those a little bit longer. So, or or not. Actually, I I really don't care. Like I'm I'm right. fine with there being literally nothing to do. But it, it is funny, you know, that 
this week and, and you know, really next week too, until until NFL training camps open, like you would think that there'd be something else, like like somebody would exploit that. In, well, it, in, I mean, that's what they're doing with Major League Soccer, right? Like the reason Major League Soccer doesn't conform to the like rest of the world's soccer schedule um, is because. You know, if they if they were doing that, they'd be up against the NFL, NBA, NHL, all the time, and they're just not right. going to do it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I on that same sort of scale, the CFL does it. You know, they they're, but you know, I don't I don't care about MLS. And I don't care about the CFL. Yeah. So well, so so what I'm saying is like a sport that I like should try to find a way to right or a league a league or or some sort of entity should should find a way to you know entertain me because. I really was. I was kind of bored last night because I can't watch three hours worth of the home run derby. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, like, this is how out of touch I am with baseball nowadays. There are, like, four or five guys in the home run derby oh, yeah. who I'm yeah. like, I have no idea who that is. Well, I, I don't think you're alone there. There's, I, I mean, I, um, especially now because they don't have to be all-stars to, to participate in the home run derby. Oh, really? Like, I yeah, like they can, like no, like 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 John Carlos Stanton was not is not on the All Star team. Oh yeah, he was he's there having a shit year, right? Yeah, I mean, like by yeah by 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 his standards, yes, and certainly by the standards of uh, of of, of All Star roster, uh, you know, selections. Yeah, but yeah, he was just there for that, man. So so you'll see you'll see some guys like that. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's my thing. Is like I I will watch the occasional you know inning or two of the Red Sox or whatever, and I'm like, who are these people? Like, why? When did I lose such? It's tough. Baseball's in baseball's baseball. really tough, and I and I've I've found this too. Baseball is really tough to keep track of unless you're like specifically a baseball writer because I I do write about baseball like occasionally, and uh you know I I follow the Pirates closely because I'm because I'm here and I grew up watching them, but. It's really easy because they're because the rosters are so huge, yeah. And the season is so long. It's easy to it's easy to lose track of guys. Absolutely, like I def I like I probably knew a larger percentage of the people playing in the celebrity softball game than 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 I will in in, in the MLB All Star game. There will absolutely be be guys on that on that roster that like I, I only know in passing. Yeah, and they're the best baseball players in the world. It's very strange. Like I used to watch. You know, easily a hundred Red Sox games a year, right? But there's less. There's more to do now, and yeah, and you're interested in more stuff. And Maybe, yeah. I mean, you're, I, you're I right, just Sean. can't. I, got more I just can't. Interesting. Hmm. I, I I can't follow baseball season as closely as I do as closely as I do everything else. I just don't. I I don't have the desire to do it. You know, there's got to be some sort of break in writing about hockey as much as I do, and. You know, I, I have to do a lot of NFL stuff, and I, and I love the NBA. Like, there's got to be a point where you sort of uh, hit the brakes on on one thing. And and for me, that's been that's at least been that like the intricacies of baseball. I, I know I know all the important stuff and the mid level stuff, but there there will there will definitely be instances where I'm like, I had no idea that that was happening. Yeah, I, I'll say this: if you're if you're a guy like like you say, you you keep up with baseball on some level. Uh, if you're a guy who's like, yeah, there are some all-stars I've never heard of, that's, to me, that's wild, and that's a big problem with, like, baseball as a sport. Like, if you're a national sports writer who's, like, a generalist, 
and you're like, hmm, this all-star, this one yeah, of, like, the 50 it, best players yeah, in the world? Not, nah, I've never not, heard of him. Not like, not, like, a name I've never seen before, but but it'll be like, okay, what's this guy's deal again? Like, where like where did where did he come from? Like, how where long is this his second in the league or, the, or his fourth? Or, like, what, yeah. what was he like before this? Like, all that sort of, all that sort of, uh, that, the, the next, the next tier of, of awareness I've, I've, sure. uh, I've, yeah. and it's because like, honestly, like there's other stuff I want to do. Like, I just don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and watch highlights or, or check fan graphs, you know, every single night during the summer. Like right. I, I want to hang out and do, do something other than, other than, <laughs> other sit than that. Three and a half hours of baseball, like a, a yeah. meaningless game against the Orioles or whatever. Right. I'll say like, this like, though. Like I, I like, like going I, to a ball game still. It's the still greatest. Really it's the enjoy greatest. It. And I, I've, I've probably gone to ten baseball games, the MLB games, like Pirates games, as a fan. Like not this in a year. See, probably. Wow. Probably eight, eight or so. Yeah, absolutely. I just like, I like, I like, I like going there. The tickets are unbelievably cheap, and uh, and I like going and you know sitting in the sun and, and having having a beer and you know going home. It's it's a it's a leisure activity. It's like going yeah, for to sure. walking to the park or something. What, what, what's your uh, what's your baseball park concession of choice? Like food and drink. Yeah. Well, they they've improved the beer at PNC Park, which is which is good. Um, so it's not just you don't necessarily have to default the you know icy light or, or right. Miller or whatever. Um, but I, I typically I typically go nachos Ooh. if I'm getting one thing it'll probably be that because you get a lot of it and it's you know I'm I'm a slob. For me, an answer even more slobby, uh, and like they give you a lot of it. Peanuts. If I don't have peanuts at a baseball game, yeah. I'm sitting there going, "What am I doing here?" You're getting them everywhere. You're stepping on them. They make that really satisfying crunch under your feet. They yeah. take a little bit of work, and you can yeah. you can legitimately like make a bag last six or seven innings. That's that's key. That's that's, that's a key thing. That's a key that's thing why. about nuts like that in general, and that's why that's why they're good to eat like as a snack. You know, you can get like a handful of a handful of pistachios or whatever, and and the act of of taking off the shell, like it stops you from eating five hundred of them. Yeah. Like like a bag of shelled pistachios is. Oh, I love it. Holy, it's great of 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 unshelled pistachios. I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can just sit there and sh- and shovel them into your face, but then you're like, okay, I just I just you know ate a pound of salt, and I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. But yeah. Throw throw in the shells, man. It's it's easier to it's easier to navigate. Here's the here's this. Isn't it messed up that unshelled means with the shell on and shelled means without the shell? That's stupid. I agree, and we just ran into that to the problem with that distinction a few seconds ago. That's what, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that we we both well we both saw two other things this week. One of them was the trailer for the new Oliver Stone film Snowden. Ugh. Which was, I'm sure the movie, like most Oliver Stone movies, will be acceptable and watchable. But the the big problem <laughs> is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his continuing effort to like disappear into roles, so we don't recognize him as the guy who danced from Five Hundred Days of Summer, is like doing 
I don't know what like if you can even technically call it an Edward Snowden impression. So he doesn't. Does okay, so I, I I went off on this on Twitter a few days ago, and I I did have some people be like, well, he does kind of sound that way, and he he certainly does not. No, that is not that is not what Edward if Snowden could, sounds like. I'll say I'll say this: if you could like. In the way that you can squint at things and they kind of look like other things. Yeah. If you could squint your hearing, it would kind of sound like you would be like, oh, that might be Edward Snowden. It, so- it, sounds, like it, it, it sounds like an SNL sketch of somebody impre- like doing an Edward Snowden impression. Like, like where everyone laughs and you say, oh, that's kind of a lame impression. Like when Andy Samberg would come out as Nick Cage or, yeah. or, or, or what have you. Where, where it's like, it's not accurate, but it's, it's funny to laugh at. Except no, except this is a serious, an extremely serious film about an extremely serious topic, right. and he's going to talk that way for two hours. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that movie where he walked between the World Trade Centers because I couldn't even like just him talking with that dumbass accent. And the, the French accent. Makeup. I I watched. I I saw the documentary that that, that film was based on. Yeah, the, that was plenty for me. And and I I think I've I think I've had I think that was it. I think I, I think I learned all all I need to learn about about uh whatever whatever is I can't remember his name now Henri something the the, the wire Petit was the man's name his name was I'm sorry Philippe Petit okay little little Philip is what that translates to mm-hmm. that's right little Philip uh, I I once dated a a Russian girl and she informed me that Alex Ovechkin's name literally translates to Alex little sheep. It's and cute. I thought that was very adorable for a six foot five, two hundred forty pound man. <laughs> for a, for for a tank, yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this trailer is. Re- it's unbelievable. Really bad. I, it's really everyone, bad. Everyone needs to watch it yes. because we're not. I still. I don't feel like. I feel like we're not doing it justice in no. terms of how ridiculous he sounds. No. Like it, I, we. And going back to the SNL comparison, and you and I talked about this earlier it sounds like every every like uh stock idiot voice that people do on saturday night live like like when when you're playing the moron in a game show sketch or, or whatever it, someone else compared it to butthead from beavis and butthead like it he it's, sounds it's blake lively in the potato absurd. chip sketch yes that's exactly that's, what it is absolutely and I, it's just crazy to me it's crazy to me that like I like to think of of the meeting between between him and Oliver Stone, where it's like where he's like, yeah, here's here's what I'm gonna do. This is this is what I have worked out. This is the way I'm gonna speak for the duration of this movie, where he's gonna be one of three people that are that are on the screen. It's bonkers. Because here's the other thing too: is you know Edward Snowden, blonde guy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his movie did not dye his hair. He the, he sounds. It's just like you look so at it. Like, you're like this is jo- this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt wearing glasses and talking like a moron. <laughs> and here's the thing: like he looked insane in Looper, which was a good movie otherwise. But it, I mean, he looked ridiculous. Not, not but, which is not not directly his fault. No, I, no, I, I agree. I think that was but like bad choice. Yes. But the other thing is too in that movie, The Walk. Like he looked ridiculous. He was wearing that wig, and and he talked ridiculous, and now like he's ju- at least he's coming out of looking ridiculous, and he's only going to talk ridiculous in this movie. Ah, oh, boy, it I can't 
I'm probably going to see have this never, movie I have out never of, like, morbid curiosity. At I some have point, never, but... I have never seen a trailer that made me want to watch a movie less than that. Like, yeah, it looks like, very bad. I, I have no, I have no desire to see it after that at all. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this too. Another really bad trailer that maybe I just got really sick of it because it was attached to every movie that I saw for like three months. Captain Phillips. I've never seen that movie. I never want to see oh, that movie. Yeah. Because that trailer was, look at me, look at me. Like. I'm the captain now. Yeah. He uh, says it in the movie. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he does. But like every movie I went to for a three month period, there was like an 87% chance I was going to see that trailer. I mean, as, as far as, as far as like very obvious Oscar bait that's that's based on real life events in that category of of uh, of films. I I gotta say I I think I, I think I kind of like Captain Phillips. Hmm. It wasn't great. It wasn't great, and I and I I'm not I'm generally that's that 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 genre is not my not my bag. But so you're I, no, I you're saying it. you're not excited to see Tom Hanks and Sully the that, that's Chesley, exact, Sully that's exactly, story. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like I I, I I'm not gonna like that movie. No, no. But and that Captain seems Phil like, by the way, all Tom Hanks does these days. Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Um, what's that other movie you just had come out recently? Uh. Boy, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, know. It doesn't matter. Point I, is, this is all Tom Hanks does, which like he's earned that right. He's a good actor who like he's always good in things, but he doesn't usually pick good things to do. I love, I like I, I'd love for him to take like some cool supporting role, uh, in in an actual in an actual very good movie that's well, not. That's not just naked, naked Oscar bait. Well, you ask for that, but then you get the lady killers, and well, yeah, but that was a long time ago now, though. I, I understand, but like you want him to do, like people want him to do weird stuff, and I get it. Like, what well, I, I don't want him. I don't want him to be weird. I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to see Tom Hanks like dressed up in the in the Colonel Sanders like lady killers. Yeah, I mean that was costume. Ridiculous. Like, I just I, I want him to you know just I don't know do something that's smaller, and it and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be funny necessarily. It just needs to be just like a smaller movie that maybe he's not playing the character that the movie is named after. Ideally, that would be great. I agree. Because if you think about it, he was Larry Bridges Crown. Spies. Larry Crown. Yeah his his name was his name was Jim Bridge of Spies and Bridge of Spies. Did you know? Yep. It's, uh, uh... Yeah, it, it, it's what he. What I think he'd be really good at is if he just like was a supporting character in an HBO half-hour comedy. That's that's what I'm saying. Like year. like it like, like it, it would some, be awesome. Something small. It'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like like find find some. Go be, go be. Bill Murray for some version of uh, some new version of Wes Anderson. That's and... exactly what he should do. He should become Bill Murray. That's exactly it. <laughs> I... No, I totally agree. I'm I, like that sounded sarcastic. I understand. Like thinking back immediately, but no, I'm dead serious. I want him to just be that guy from I, now there's, on. There's plenty of like like Saint Vincent. I, I watched recently and I and I enjoyed it, yep. but it was 
but like Tom Hanks could do that. He could, he could he could have definitely definitely played that played that part. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he should from now on. Like, yes, he doesn't. He what what does he need more Oscars for? I'm gonna say this, and this is a real shot across Tom Hanks's bow. Colin Hanks has done more interesting work in the last three years than Tom Hanks has done in the last decade. Far- Fargo and what else? Um, the the documentary about Tower <laughs> Records. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that movie. He's on uh, Comedy Bang Bang sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, he's he was at the NHL Awards. Yeah, <laughs> I I legitimately enjoyed Colin Hanks's work more in the last. But you know, years. I mean, Tom Hanks movies still make a lot of still make a lot of money, and you know, whatever. Your parents, your parents go and see them, and if that's if yeah, that's who he so wants. So do to... I. Like, but. That doesn't mean that I don't wish for more for my good friend Tom Hanks. My, my personal, because he is. He's like, like he's like how, your buddy. Yeah. Think of how I I don't listen to the Nerdist all that all that much, but like I I went out of my way to listen to the episode that they did with him, and he's great. He's charming and cool, and you know collects old typewriters and just clearly is like just likes the bullshit or whatever. But like there's there's gotta be like like why? Here's another one. Like, why was he not in the Michael Keaton role in in uh, in Spotlight? Like, like, like stuff like that. Like, do that. My God, just stop, stop playing. You know, stop, stop being. Stop. First off, don't be captains in movies anymore. I, yeah, we're I, done. I, we're done with captaining decent. things. But you know what? The, the dude made the dude made the burbs and and big and. <laughs> whatever so he, he can do it private anymore. ryan like he's been great in a lot of stuff oh yeah and a lot and a lot of varied stuff i just i i just but, i just wish he would, i just wish he would do some more different stuff because you because we're at the point now where there's like you can say definitively like, oh yep this is a tom hanks movie and that's kind of I'm a bummer say this, that denzel washington movie flight where he's the upside down plane pilot yeah like wh- i'm shocked that wasn't tom hanks in retrospect <laughs> I, it's definitely possible that that he's just gonna play like either government agents or or captains of either ships or boats for the rest of his career. I, you know, you know what he would have been great at, or what he would be great in is maybe like one Liam Neeson. I'm an old guy, but I used to murder people. Movie. Yes. Yeah. Just do, like just that's whatever. We we could sit here and list all the different shit we'd like to see Tom Hanks do. Just do do a couple of them. Forward him this episode after. I'll uh, yeah. I'll 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 try to I'll I'll try to I'll try to reach him. It should people. be it should be easy. Yeah, he's he's not that busy. Um, but yeah. By the way, this is another thing we both watched this week. How good was John Turturro in like the last twenty minutes of the night of? I'm psyched for several more episodes of him being in it more because yeah. as much as as good as that was. As good as the pilot of of the show was, and, and just a quick a quick primer, it's it's a it's a seven or eight episode HBO series that that tracks uh, the plight of a of a Pakistani American kid who um, seems to be wrongfully accused of a murder with every possible bit of evidence pointing at him. It's it's just worst case nightmare scenario. I um, it's a very tough watch. I, I oh. dude. The first, the, the the in the in the first episode is about an hour and a half long. For the first hour, solid, if not more, of that, like basically until John Turturro, uh 
he's he's the kid's lawyer and 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 emerges as such you know towards the end the first hour of that dude i i it was my skin was crawling like it, it was worse than any horror movie that i can remember seeing it, it was it was watching somebody just get trapped it was it was it was like watching someone drown yeah i like i can't stand anything where like a person is wrongfully accused right like it's very difficult to to go through that but it was made even more difficult by like this you know this kid may or may not have committed this murder but for for me right now like put him away for life for being the dumbest person alive uh, and like, that's and that's clearly that's the, that's a problem that a lot of people have had with it they're like how how stupid could this could this be and and people turned it off like i i know of two people who 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 you know told me this morning like i couldn't i couldn't handle watching it because again the first hour of it is the actual event when when this girl gets murdered and 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 he's in, he wakes up you know downstairs at at her place after hooking up with her and realizes what what had happened and and it's him trying to run away and basically you know failing uh in the shit he does from the jump is just oh it's stunning every like, a, it, he couldn't make worse decisions if he tried like if you were like i'm going to try to implicate myself in this person's murder how, right. What what do I do? Oh, for sure I flee the scene. For sure uh-huh. I uh, take the murder weapon with me. Like, oh yeah, this is this is great I, planning. I can say there's definitively like there's a moment where where I I I might have run out of there initially if it, if I were him. But again, he'd already left such an insane trail of evidence because. God, like he had, he had he had sex with this girl and there was knife play that was involved so like his blood w- was was there and so was hers and she's she's a huge you know two-dimensional weirdo of a of a character yeah that was a bit much yeah i, I wasn't a huge fan of that but but once he left the house and 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 realized that he had locked his jacket and in car keys in the in the house that's when i would have been like you know what jigs up i gotta go to the police right now because i'm i'm not i'm not gonna break the window i'm not i'm not gonna you oh, know that, i can say asshole. I can he took a left on a like no left earned street and immediately gets pulled over of course it's new york city at like four in the morning but the point and then the other, oh, the other i'm mad thinking about the, it the other point that, that that i really think that most and, and he that's the thing about the performance too he eventually almost sells it where, where you're like okay this kid is this He's kid is terrified out. yeah this, this kid is terrified and, and anxious and and panicky enough to to act this stupidly but the 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 point where i feel like any half rational person would have would have like the the light bulb would have gone off was when he went out to the cab. He's driving his dad's cab, which which he which he boosted and, and and took for the night. When he goes out to the cab and sees the parking ticket on, like the, like that's that's when I would be like, this is definitely definitely this is all over be, because the cab is now placed in front of this house where, yep. where this girl was killed. Like, oh god, it it was like it was like watching somebody drown and then pull people in into the into the pool with them. Yeah, because like that's the thing is uh. You know, they say that, like, shows like CSI or whatever have made killers smarter about, like, how they get rid of evidence and stuff like that. How So, like, if you're... And again, you know, it's probably impossible to say, well, this is what I would do if I woke up in my... It is. 
Like, uh, yeah, obviously, but, like, at some point, like you say, there has to be a point where you go, okay, the like, when you're breaking back into the house to take your jacket with your phone. Yeah, you're like, this and, is, this is, and, and you, you cut at the knife, and, oh, like, yeah, Jesus like, Christ, there was, dude. there was so much stuff that, that went completely wrong for that dude when, when he breaks into the house and ends up accidentally taking the knife out, like, my God, it's, it, at some point, at some point suspension of disbelief like fails you and, and even even though nobody knows how they would act given that situation you know ugh, boy boy and then boy, and then and then the the other the, the other way they kind of wiggle out of that too is that they have him get pulled over like immediately after he leaves right so like there was no there was no moment where he like started driving and then realized like what the hell am i doing i i need to i need to call the police right now right because that that choice was taken from him because he got pulled over for making an illegal left whatever it was on on you know 62nd street right yeah i it that's the thing is you know i i again don't think he necessarily did it i don't you know i think if he did it was like an accident or something like that and then I don't think she died by accident, but I also don't think he did it because and here's and this is what me and me and my roommate were talking about last night. Um, for if you subscribe to the to the potential idea that that he actually committed the crime, like he clearly doesn't think that he did it. Like no, he, no, he he blacked out. Doesn't. Yeah, that's that's so more like, what I mean. He, like he he so he, he didn't so do was he thinking. Was like, he in the world's longest blackout where where he brutally murdered a girl and then not and not just that like actually cleaned himself up and then went downstairs and calmly sat at that kitchen island and, and passed you know, out yeah. himself a glass of water and fell asleep like there's no way that happened like right. that dude like that dude was clearly blacked out on on all on, like you know drunk and high on on a couple different things. And just you know, fell asleep and stumbled downstairs, and then passed out again. Like he he didn't kill her. I I don't think there's any way that he did. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's just, it was very infuriating watching that. And like, you know, it, it's to the show's credit that it was infuriating because I feel like you're supposed to be like this kid. It's such yeah. a pain in the ass. Like they clearly like like nothing about it was subtle. But I don't think they were trying for subtlety. Like like right. every. Part of it, and that's sort of the catch twenty two, I think, because I, I loved it and I'm going to watch all of it. Yeah, but like it, it was just kind of funny that every interaction that kid had with everybody that night was like memorable for some reason or another. Like the, like the dude in the hearse who's at the gas station, like he ends up he ends up getting eyeballed by him, and then the guy who is behind the counter uh, when he when he goes and buys the beer, and then he has the run in with Bodie from the Wire. And, uh, and, and the dude on the motorcycle who stares at him, like all that stuff, like they clearly are just, are just like, I, we're going to see all those people as witnesses of eventually. Yeah. Well, well, what I think too is like, you know, he, he was kind of making himself conspicuous throughout the night. Right. Um, so, but also like, these are little things that like probably add up in life, um, that, you know, like I don't to have to have like eight rapid fire interactions with may, other maybe people. not eight, but like that girl was a mess, right? Like from yeah. the beginning, and so like she like if you're out and like your girlfriend or somebody you're with is like making a fucking scene, 
then everybody's oh. like then the hearse driver's gonna be like, Oh yeah, that girl was acting like a lunatic. I remember that girl and oh wow that she got she ended up dead later. Like that's crazy. You know what right. I mean? No, I know. I you're you're right. That was it wasn't necessarily completely his fault, but you know, just uh you know, the the neighbor seeing him and then and the then the guy who pulled up next to him on the bike, like all all that sort of stuff. Like that's not to have so many of those instances happen, like in such rapid succession, man, that that was a little bit of a strain that took me out of it a bit. But no, it's it's really good, and I'm excited for it. And like you said at the start of this, I'm extremely excited for like five hours of John Turturro as as uh, as the lawyer with eczema. <laughs> yeah, who was supposed to be originally? Who was supposed to be played by James Gandolfini? By the way, right? Did you know? Yes, I did. Uh, he's still listed as an executive producer on a show like four years after he died. So if this wins yeah, an Emmy, be- like that's going to be the longest like oh god almighty posthumous yeah. Emmy win. Yeah, because in because he was, they were about to they were about to start filming it and 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 he died. Yeah, it it had already been produced essentially. They just needed to figure Actually out what do to do it. with yeah. yeah. And uh, an interesting thing: apparently, this is based on a British series. As so many things are these days, yeah. Um, but that to me explains the eczema thing because there's always some kind of like a skin condition. If yeah, you watch, I, re- if you I read watch... that. I read that in a review somewhere today too. Oh, where really? They talked about like, yeah, I think it might have been Alan Seppenwall's review, possibly. Oh, okay. It was like, but they brought up like the singing detective and uh, a couple, a couple yeah, other. Yeah, that's the like one. That. That's the one I've thought of. Where like I've seen a few like bits and pieces of the singing detective and like it always seems like a weird plot point that he has i can't remember what he has but some kind of a thing where like he's got a skin condition and he's always like it fidgeting with it mm-hmm. it's it, it rarely goes uncommented upon we'll put it that way yeah um, that's that's pretty that's uh kind of on the nose but you know that's fine yeah um, I, like, I, I i it was that's that role is so it's Already, we we watched John Turturro in it for eight minutes or whatever it was, and that's one of those things like where you're like, oh, I can't imagine anybody else doing that. I certainly can't imagine James Gandolfini playing playing that guy. I'll say this: when he says to that cop, like, "What's the story with Gunga Din?" I was like, "Oh, oh James Gandolfini would have for sure said that." Absolutely. So would my grandpa have? Well, I right. remember Gunga Din was <laughs> that came up a couple times growing up. Yeah. Um, okay, so. I, you know, we're we're getting right up to uh, to your specified cutoff here, fifty nine fifty nine. Um, so I guess let's just go into listener questions. Uh, let's see here. Wait, hold on. So there, there's a question of what are the top three celebrities we want on Match Game, and I I think we briefly answered that last week. Um, but I did want to point out, like real cross-section of our interests here. Pete Wentz was on the match game on Sunday night. I still haven't seen it. I had multiple people tell me that that, that, <laughs> that happened. Yeah. I was, when they said it, I couldn't have texted you more excited. Like, uh, I was so, I was so glad. Like, of all the people who could have been on it, like, who's a more Sean Gentile-centric <laughs> person than Pete good Wentz? For, good for Pete. Yeah. He, and I'll say this, perfectly all right player. 
I, I mean, we're we're talking to the match game authority here, so yeah, he was he was fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. A few I, of his I haven't answers it were iffy, but like there were a few where I was like, oh yeah, that's the definitive answer. Um, he was he was one of the first people when they the question was like Bill Clinton, you know, wants to see Hillary reelected because he forgot his blank in the White House, and like the obvious answer was cigar, um, right? And the woman said. Monica Lewinsky, like the contestant, and then forgot his Monica Lewinsky. At yeah, the White it House. was it was not a good answer. Although she These did contestants, get it. These contestants have not been good. No, they're they're bad. Um, but and to be fair, I think both Rosie and Titus matched that woman. But Pete Wentz was the first person to say cigar, and I said, "Yes, Pete, you got that one a hundred." I would say correct. I would say intern, like that would. Well, that, I mean, that's what Rosie that's and Titus phrased, that's that's phrased like a little bit. said, but, like, they gave her the credit. Because, I don't think she should get credit for that. Look, I don't disagree with you. I mean... <laughs> Pete Wentz is actually, is actually my ideal celebrity match game player. Yeah, no, I mean, that, honestly, it pro- like, if I had to guess what yours was, I would have said, ooh, is it Pete Wentz? I'd like to see, like, a more, like, another, like, a hard-ass stand-up go up there like i think bill burr would be pretty funny and i know like he's not everyone's cup of tea and i have issues with him too but like i think he'd be i think he'd be good because he could you know be loud and, and shake stuff up sure um for me the ideals i'm gonna say this circle back to earlier tom hanks would be amazing on he the would. match he'd, game he'd be fantastic i i was thinking that too so those are your answers deal with it they asked for top three but i'm not getting into all that I, amy polar yeah we, we said great. all these last week though who cares i didn't say polar i don't, yeah, I don't you, think we you definitely did absolutely steve carell just just like you know personable comedy people yep. I, i'd be fine with yeah um here's a really good question you're stoned in a 7-eleven on a saturday night with ten dollars how do you spend it <laughs> this is a great question. That is good. It's a Seven Eleven, so definitely, uh, definitely taquitos from Seven Eleven. Probably knock out like six of those for sure. Nothing else. Uh, you're just you're just going straight. Ten dollars. Ten dollars worth of, of taquitos. No, uh, oh man, like this is this doesn't even need to be like. I don't, I don't even need to be stoned. This no, is like I, if, I was going to say just, that. If I'm just if I'm just miserable and and want to and want to eat ten dollars worth of food, it's going to make me hate myself afterwards. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, probably Hostess Hostess cupcakes. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, de- definitely something like that. Whether it's like butterscotch crimpets or or Hostess cupcakes, like some some cakey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely definitely uh, nacho cheese Doritos. Uh. Trying to think what else. Probably at, at that point, if if I'm all if I'm all screwed up, probably probably a pack of cigarettes, uh, and that's that'd probably put me at ten bucks. Yeah, uh, pack, for... pack pack of smokes, Hostess cupcakes, bag of Doritos, uh, and then whatever whatever's left, just go all in on on taquitos. The the ones that immediately sprang to mind for me is. I'm investing in a Slurpee of some flavor. That's a waste uh, of money. I, w- your feelings on, on the Slurpee are understood, but you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. It's like a buck thirty or something like that for a big one. Um, 
I the immediate go to for for that kind of thing for me, peanut butter Twix. Pretty good. Pretty solid. Um, I'm gonna say a, one of those like big bags of Munchos that says two dollars <laughs> only on it. Uh, yeah, it's good that those are two dollars, but Munchos are inferior. An inferior chip. I I don't disagree. I like Munchos for about a third of the bag, and then I feel like it's a chore to get through the rest of it. Um, but I'm going to go the Haribo Golden Gummy Bears. <laughs> I know, but I like them, so I'm sorry. And, well, look, if they had if they had the gummy soda, that's the, that's the dream for me. But so yeah. rarely do you see that. Um, that I can't, I can't just sit here and say for sure that's what I would get. And then, I don't know, maybe like Twizzlers or something like that. I disagree with most of your choices. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not getting taquitos and smokes either, so. <laughs> but the taquitos are cheap though, dude. They're like three, it's like three for a dollar. Look, I just, I'm, I don't trust like as a general rule, I don't think I've ever had anything from the like rolly thing at Seven Eleven in my life. There was there was a Seven Eleven, literally Seven Eleven directly across the street from my apartment building in College Park. So this oh, is boy. this situation has presented itself uh, <laughs> many times, se- several times in the past. Yeah, and I can say pretty definitively, and that that, that might be part of the reason that, that that I would buy cigarettes because I don't I don't smoke anymore. But it, at that point, at that point. Uh, like if I had ten bucks, like definitely instinct five, fix it. five of them. Yeah, I, I it'd be like muscle memory. <laughs> um, apparently, and this guy is right. We he asked several weeks ago what our top three albums were, uh. and uh, we then didn't answer that question at all. Um, so I, maybe you haven't thought about it. I have, and I'm gonna say my top three albums of all time. Titus Andronicus, The Monitor, number one. No surprise to anybody who knows me there. Um, <sighs> number two, I'm going to probably say, like, The Crown's Death Race King. It's a death metal album, but, like, I really love it. And Demon System 13's Vod Vet V Om Kriget are my... Fuck. They're a Swedish band, so... And I can't remember what that means, but it's something about, like, war, I want to say. But yes, those are my answers. I don't even know. Like, I, I, there's so many different ways to answer this. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I could, I could. It's the ones that I've listened to the most. Is it the then, ones that's that? That's kind of what my definition yeah. of it was. The ones that I can listen to, that I've both listened to the most, and like, I'm never gonna get sick of it. Yeah. I that to, to me, that's not maybe necessarily like doesn't doesn't mean that it's the best but no I don't this, know. This, is, this is top three albums like you can answer that however like my i think the three best albums list would be extremely different for me yeah that, i i agree with that i would say um in terms of just like if you go strictly based on like albums that i that i listen to the most and albums that i still like revisit at some point um probably i would say probably the get up kids four minute mile um, man, I listened to Block Party's first first record, Silent Alarm, uh, just a crazy, crazy amount. Um, boy, and probably probably brand new, 
probably Dejan Tandu. I think I think just pound for pound in terms of sheer time spent listening to an album and stuff that I can still listen to and enjoy. Like that's those are three that I can't really find fault with. But uh, this is something that you know maybe I'll give a different answer next week. Honestly, yeah. Because, but, and, that, and that's the other thing with like favorite album or whatever. Like you know. For uh for a while there, my favorite album of the year was Lemonade. Now it's probably Coloring Book, but now maybe I'm thinking about going back to Lemonade. I don't know. You know, it it, it changes for sure. So that but yeah, like, I know, don't know. And then like and then it's like I start thinking about how much I've listened to like The Blueprint over the years. Exactly, and... or you know Pinkerton or whatever. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, just a, a record you've listened to. It would be Maybe like, thousands like of we're times. gonna do this. We'll we'll do this at some point. But it it would absolutely it's gonna be like a list. We talked about this last week. Like I really struggle to stratify stuff like that. It would be a list of like ten that just sort of rotate in and out. Yeah, I agree. Um, although at, at trivia the other week, the, the you know one of the questions was, um, you know, Rolling Stone named this as the greatest album of all time uh, in two thousand twelve. 1960 what blood on the tracks no 1967 was the year this album was released what year did they did did the list come out 2012 and the year and the the album year was 1967 oh man there's definitely a lot of i'm not surprised that that's the year that it's from no, yeah, that that's like I, I'd say as much as I love Blood on the Tracks, and I think uh, probably Rolling Stone had it very high on their list. That's like kind of mid seventies. I want to say I want to say it came out in like seventy four, seventy five. So yeah. that's probably a little too late, Bob Dylan. Oh, I I just I didn't hear the year. I know, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. I know what I know what year Blood on the Tracks came out. I yeah. just I, I I didn't hear the the year that the list was compiled in. Right, right, right. So uh, uh, the, the the year that the album was from. I mean, right. What was uh, it? The answer, and we got it correct because I kind of went more based on um, what I think they thought would be the yeah. number one album, and it, the correct answer was Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And, I mean, but, like I I just I just still I still associate Rolling Stone with just giving. Like Dylan could fart into a microphone for forty-five minutes, and it would—they'd give it five stars and say that it was one of the best albums of the year. Yeah. So I just—I just sort of assumed that Jan Wenner, you know, would end up exerting some kind of influence on that and right. making it. So, dumb. so the 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 I the things that were being kicked around the table was like, you know, Blonde on Blonde, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, ooh, I think that came out in '66. I don't think that came out in '67. Mm. So. Like we were really splitting hairs, but we but in the end we got it, and then you know obviously the the answer had a lot to do with like the production values and that kind of thing because there's a yeah there, while there's a lot of great stuff on on uh, Sergeant Pepper like there's a lot of bullshit on there too like being for the benefit of Mr. Kite it's like yeah I didn't it's not it's not my favorite Beatles record no but like I and I that think was the a... consensus at the table like everybody's like I don't love that Beatles record but right like... everyone's like everyone's like oh no I like I like Revolver more than that or whatever but um I which is that's I like I definitely like Revolver more than I like more than mine that. for me Rubber Soul is the correct answer Rubber but... Soul's uh, like uh, like Rubber Soul is like that's it's that starts that stretch of albums where like you can't you yeah, can't you really can't go wrong for sure um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that makes sense as the choice, just given, you know, 
how important it was and and how what it gave birth to but just strictly from a song standpoint yeah I, you can't i don't agree with it but like from from a larger picture like i, I don't have a problem with it sure okay we're we're very close to 5959 now we have 20 seconds do you have anything you want to get out there I don't, real quick i don't nope Great. Okay. Well, I'm just going to fill for the next 12, 11, 10 seconds or so. And uh, we'll say thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And we'll li- catch you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.